The Evolve Network is now live at evolvenetwork.tv. Subscribe for meal plans, recipes, cooking shows, and our very own The Magic Pill and The Magic Plant, as well as access to my favorite documentaries. The Evolve Network is also home to our full library of podcasts, with new release podcasts airing first and in full on the channel. You can also watch selected vodcasts in a video format. Enjoy this highlight of our podcast and head over to evolvenetwork.tv for the full Evolve podcast experience. The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co., established 1977, have personal and domestic water filters, which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting, alkaline, ionized mineral water, which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals, and bacteria, so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. Ian Morris is the founder of Listening to Smile healing frequency-minded music for personal growth and well-being. Ian has over 21 years' experience in the performing arts field and has made it his life's goal to use his gifts and passion to be of service to people in search of healing. As a multi-instrumentalist, he instinctively sought solace in music. It was during this time of very poor health that he came across information about the sacred healing potential of sound and vibration and began to study further. What he can then best describe as a combination of divine inspiration, timing, and skill set all merged. He began creating and producing compositions of tones and frequencies, which led him to personally reclaim his health. In addition to his personal physical healing, he was seeing a drastic healing of his dyslexia. Within two weeks, he was finding more clarity, focus, and his ability to retain information became easier. Within a year, his physical health condition and his dyslexia were completely transformed. To find out more about Ian Morris, please go to Listening to Smile. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-I-N-G-T-O-S-M-I-L-E dot com. Ian, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. How are you, brother? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. This has been a long time coming. I've been liaising with yourself and your assistant, perhaps, or over the last, I don't know, maybe four or five months, and we've been juggling dates around. And I'm always of the belief when it's meant to happen, it's meant to happen. And so thank you for your flexibility. Thank you for your time. And 
I would love for you to be able to share with the listeners and myself your story because it is, like everybody else's, very unique and yeah. might be very ear-opening for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So I had a couple of different issues that I've dealt with in my lifetime. One was being born dyslexic, having a lot of learning issues and challenges in school. And the other was that there was a huge amount of anxiety and depression that came when I learned I had a heart condition, mitral valve prolapse, and a heart arrhythmia that ended my sports career. So I gained a lot of weight, got really depressed, and just found myself in a dark place. And it was really sound healing, mindfulness techniques, and meditation that allowed me to change my thinking because I was using food as a crutch, you know, something mm -hmm. that any kind of depression came on. It's like, let's eat some cake or some sweets or something like that to get that boost and to get through the depression. And that's, and not, so, that's not an unusual thing for many people. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So in 2010, I found myself in a really unhealthy place where I was about 315, 317 pounds and was having a lot of autoimmune issues. And I ended up going to the doctor and I got diagnosed two different doctors saw me. One said he thought it was MS. And the other one said, I see the MS symptoms, but I'm leaning more towards colon cancer because of this, this, and this. Mm. So there was a lot of issues that were going on with my body. I just decided right then and there that this has got to change. You know, this was the wake up call. I just want to interrupt you there for a quick second. What you just said, that, that is alarming. And that is, if you're already in a state of maybe anxiety, depression, fear, let's just call it fear. And you go and have two different diagnoses from two different experts, one saying MS, one saying colon cancer. How did that feel for you? Like, <laughs> what did, honestly, what did you think when you, when you speak to experts and, and they're saying it could be this or it could be that, that are two different freaking things. Yeah. Well, the issue was that I was having so many symptoms at one time. I was getting weird rashes on my body. I was breaking out with foods that I had ate my whole life, never having issues with. I was having lots of heart palpitations. I was having dizzy spells and migraines that were like the dancing lights in your vision. And it was really, really challenging. So I was alarmed, but I was also still thinking that it's something beyond that just because there was so much going on. And I realized that there was a lot of emotional things that were tied to the physical issues as well. And so I left that day from that second diagnosis and I went home and I started reading books. You know, I started kind of diving into the holistic mindset because I had never really done that before to that point. And I was always so busy. I was one of those people that could never quiet my mind. And I was always putting myself in my work, you know, deep in and working long hours. And I found myself in a place where I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to dive in. And so when I started reading, I started reading books like Healing Power of Sound by Dr. Mitchell Gaynor. You Can we've Heal got that, Your we've, Life. We've got that book. Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. And those types of books that were really inspirational and gave me a lot of insights that helped me. But really where I saw the change and what made me move into this field was when I started doing breath work and meditation with sound healing, with headphones, very similar to what you have on right now. For the first time in my life, I felt a peace that I had never felt before. I would tell people that it was almost like you were sitting in the eye of a hurricane. You could see all the disruptive mindset and thoughts and just the behaviors 
of yourself, but it wasn't like you were a part of it. You were more of an observer. And it was a place that I had never been before. So when I settled into that feeling, I said, I want more of this. I want to go deeper. And so I just started experimenting. I learned more about sound. I was already a musician. I play about 25 instruments. I'm a visual artist, painter, poet, you know, anything creative I love. So when I started diving in, I started looking at vibroacoustic therapy, which is where you're actually playing the sound directly into the body. So I built a massage, you know, took a massage table and built speakers and a resonance chamber and started laying on it and feeling the frequency and experimenting. I started looking at people like Royal Raymond Rife, like the Rife Mm -hmm. machines and started looking at the healing power of sound books, you know, that that, um, he was putting out. And I just started really diving in, getting into the solfagio, the Schumann resonance, chakra frequencies. And what I started seeing was that over about a two week period, I was able to break that addiction that the food had on me from relying on that crutch. I was able to stand back and start looking at food as medicine. I've noticed in a lot of your videos, you've got your food as medicine shirt on. (laughs) And it's so ironic because that's what I would always say to people is that they were like, how did you lose 115 pounds? You know, how did you start this? How did that all start? And I said, I started looking at food differently. And I said, the music allowed me to observe in a different way and break mindset patterns, you know, belief patterns. And then that was able to help me look at food as medicine. And then making that shift was really the life changer. All those facets, the, the breath work, the mindfulness, the sound healing with the nutrition, all of those facets started the fast track, you know, where Within six months, I had already lost, I think it was almost 50 pounds in six months. And within a year and a half, I had lost 115 pounds. People were saying, you lost a whole person. You seem more energetic. You seem smarter. You're talking faster. You're talking about subjects I don't even understand. You know, we were talking about quantum physics and getting into a lot of the elements of the vibroacoustic therapy and getting into why it works with the human body, just sharing that with you know family and friends. And so they started saying things like, I want to try that too. And that's where my company was born, listening to smile. When people would lay on my table and like feel the vibration, they just started smiling. You know, you just see it (laughs) come on their face. And so about the fourth or fifth person, I said, that's it, listening to smile. That's the name of the company. And so it just, from there, right now we're in six different countries. We're working with hundreds of holistic practitioners around the world, from Australia to California, to China, to Canada, And it's just really, really awesome to go through something so traumatic and then to see it reverse. Greg Braden says in his spontaneous healing book, uh, Belief Code 21, where the thing that brought you harm can be reversed and be the thing that brings you healing. And so through your work, like with nutrition, you're seeing that all the time. And I'm seeing it in a different way where I'm bringing people to the nutrition through breaking those blocks, those barriers, those stagnant energies in the neuro pathways and creating new perspectives so that they can look at food in a different way. What a wonderful story and I love it. My life sort of started going down a different path when I was 19 and I discovered, I started reading. I started reading Anthony Robbins, Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, Paula Coelho, you name it, business books, anything to do with and I don't like the word to these two words, self-improvement. It's a little bit, I don't know, there's something a little bit mechanical about self-improvement, I always thought, but self-healing or what I really like to call, which is the name of this podcast and this channel is Evolve. How do we evolve? And what are the tools that we have 
to help us evolve. And I'll never forget it. I enrolled into this spiritual workshop. It was probably the strangest possible thing I could do as a 22-year-old kid. And for a year or two, I went to these workshops every weekend or second weekend, whenever they were. And they were hosted by these two women. And there was a small group that would go there, 10 people. And it was fascinating. We learned about ascended masters. We learned about Reiki. We learned about pretty much everything that encompasses the, at that time, what people would call the woo-woo world. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there's some pretty out there shit going on out there and we're going (laughs) to teach it to you, you know, to the best of our ability. And I was like a sponge. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I've never heard of this before. And and to be honest with you, I was sceptical about a lot of it. But their intention was pure. I could feel their intention. One of the things that I learned over that year or two, which always has stayed in my consciousness and awareness, they said the future of healing will be to do with light and sound or frequency, if everything's a frequency. And it's always been there. It's always, it's for the last 25 years, I think, I don't think a day goes by when I don't think about that one sentence out of the, hundreds of hours of information that came through. That was the one that resonated with me the most. I'm like, hmm. And I've had different people on this podcast. I've had mathematicians like Robert Edward Grant, and I asked him the question of this, and, and he could explain it perfectly. And I'm fascinated because what you said then is that this can help break emotional belief patterns. Now, I've had a lot of different therapies over my time, and I still continue to see different therapists to help me break or be more conscious and aware of any emotional belief pattern that that perhaps no longer serves me, that I can bring into a state of neutrality so that I'm not... So when that uh, occurrence arises, that cake comes in front of me, and instead of being either repulsed or wanting to eat it, you can be in a state of neutrality and you can observe it and go, yes or no, you still have free will. So it's not right. reprogramming you to, to go a certain way. It's giving you the opportunity to have free will for you to decide every single thing in your life, which is self-accountability, which is sovereignty, in my opinion. How does sound, vibrational or frequency healing that you're talking about give us the opportunity to break a pattern that we may have had all of our life, and it may not even be ours, it could be adopted from our parents and in the womb, whatever in a DNA, genetic, whatever it may be, spiritual past life. How does this work to do that? Yeah, there's a lot of levels that sound healing can work, but for the emotional belief pattern break that's actually creating change in the mind, I say that frequency is the great disruptor. Right. Hmm. So what that means is like, for me, they'll tell you, if you have dyslexia, it's not curable, that there's no way that you're going to change it. You just have to learn to live with it. Right. And I would explain to my mother when I was growing up in school from like third grade through sixth grade, I was put in learning disability classes because I was a lot slower than a lot of the children. But what the problem was, is I didn't learn the same way that the other, my peers were learning in a different way than I was. And so as I got older and I got into more creative endeavors like video editing and sound recording and playing music instruments and that kind of thing, I was thriving. People would say, how do you write music that fast? And like, even to this day, I have friends who are musicians and like, we put out an album every month. So every month there's a new album that we put out. 
And my friend said the other day, I take a month or two to write two or three songs and you're writing an album every single month. And you're not only writing it, but you're mixing and mastering it and promoting it every month. And he's like, I have no idea how you're doing that. And for me, that's like easy. But I could say to him, like, well, you're a classically trained musician and you learn 30 pages of sheet music and I could never do that. That's not my area. I can't memorize that kind of stuff. I just, I play by ear and I play with intention and feeling. He would say things like, how do you play the notes if you don't know all of the notes, like the theory? And I said, because I feel the music and I already know what it sounds like and I know where those notes are on the guitar or the piano or the cello or the, you know, whatever instrument we're playing on. And I said, I intuitively feel it and you academically feel it. And it's just different. You know what I'm saying? It's a mm -hmm. different kind of thing. So with the music, what happens is when people put on the headphones or they're in one of those sessions, like the vibroacoustic sessions, the vibration is so strong and you have to remember like in songbirds and humans we're some of the few species where our heartbeat and brainwave pattern will change based on frequency that's introduced whether it's through a song like singing or an instrument or whether it's through headphones and it's like more of a clinical thing like a binaural beat our heart rate will actually change based on things that we're listening to as well as our brainwave activity you just said something there which i'm fascinated by our heart rate can change by listening to birds that sing. Is that what you just said? Songbirds? <laughs> yeah. Well, Be yeah. Because, because my wife and I live on a farm and one of the most beautiful things about that that I personally am attracted to is listening to, the, and she is too, is listening to the birds in the morning. Today I'm not at the farm, I'm in our city residence and they're there but I, I don't hear them like I do there when we hear them on the farm, they're actually start just before the sun comes up and you can just start while you're in your dream state or sleep state, they just start to penetrate, I guess, or, or we become consciously aware of that noise. So I'm right. fascinated because you've, you've hit on, on an emotional point for me. Uh, yeah. That I'm like, oh, what did you just say about songbirds? Because my awareness is like, there's something in that. There is something in that for me and for others that listen to these birds. And I don't want to sound too crazy, but I really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Well, to touch on what you just said, what's really interesting is we were doing an event on uh, Carnegie Mellon University campus. It was a weekend with past alum that were there. And there was a professor that came up to me and he was looking at our table and he started talking to me about sound and he brought up songbirds and he said, have you ever thought about this? And I said, what's that? He said, songbirds, when they come out and they start singing and they're bringing on spring, you know, they're celebrating spring, singing their songs. He said, that's what makes the grass grow. Their frequencies that they're playing through their songs are actually awakening nature, telling it it's time to wake up. And I sat there for a minute and I said, I've never thought of it that way. That's an amazing point of view, you know? And he's like, something to think about and he just walked <laughs> off you know <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it was really neat so i definitely think that it's interesting because there's so many woo-woo elements and there's so many scientific elements that kind of all come together in this modality of sound healing but what i saw was my dyslexia over time like i had a speech impediment i was really slow in the learning process from like third grade through sixth grade when i started really getting into music and listening to like the beatles and a lot of music that my dad was exposing me to as I was growing up, I started really changing in my brain and I started singing and learning how to get into music. 
and it just really started changing my life. But here, really, where I've seen the biggest change was when I introduced frequency music with headphones, you know, through that. And when I started doing that, my mom, my sisters, my family and friends, they'll say, you know, I can't even, you talk about being dyslexic, but you don't seem like you're dyslexic anymore. And I said, I don't think I am comparative to what I was growing up and even through my 20s and 30s, the things that I would deal with. And I would tell people, it's like your brain locks down. It feels like there's spider webs and you can't think as fast as you want to when you have dyslexia. There's just issues that you're challenged with. But it was like when I started using the headphones, it just blew that out. It was like I started using it and within two weeks, I noticed a difference in my function, but also my focus. And then I started seeing it change my anxiety, the things that would come up. And then the real test where I saw the real change was those lights that I was talking about, the dancing lights with Mm -hmm. migraine. Anytime that those would come on, I would put on headphones and within three to five minutes that it would just be gone. And before it would be something that would be so debilitating, I would have to lay down for hours for it to go away. So it significantly changed my life and it made it really easy to be passionate about sharing it with other people. In the last five years, I've worked with over 1,500 clients worldwide with everything from autism, dyslexia, chronic pain, you name it. And I have seen things change where people just devote 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night for at least two to three weeks. And then within that time, it's enough change where they can say, hey, I'm going to get behind this and try to go deeper with this because it's something that I'm seeing the changes pretty immediate by investing a small amount of time in this modality. My family and I have been using beautiful, high-quality essential oils for the last 20 years to live healthily every single day. Now, if you're passionate about health and are ready to step into leadership, I want to invite you to partner with my team and I to build a beautifully successful doTERRA business. Register at Pete HLC dot com backslash pete that's pete hlc which stands for the healthy living collective dot com backslash pete mm. so can i ask you a question because over the last few years i've traveled to different parts of the world to experience different plant medicines and toad medicines where it's where it is deemed legal to to participate in this and during this process what i've come to understand from my perception and from others that i've studied from is that the ingestion of these types of psychedelics or entheogens or plant or earth medicines, what it does is it gives our brains the opportunity to rewire the neural pathways and the patterns that, as you said, they're locked into. So, it, and this might be the wrong analogy, but it opens us up to break those patterns to create new and varied neural pathways in a way that helps us to either unlock some emotional trauma that we keep repeating or or pattern, but also to give us a wider perception of, because more neural pathways and more, I don't know, I'm not a scientist, so I don't even know the word, more receptors are open or whatever it is. It's just like it, it turns up the volume so that we can see and experience and feel more than we have ever experienced. And just that glimpse or that understanding shows us that there's more to life than what we've actually thought, but it, can, but it can be so dramatic and traumatic in a way that all of a sudden something that you've struggled with all your life or you have a realisation, it's like, ah, 
I don't need to be that anymore. I don't need to do that anymore. I don't need to behave like that anymore. Or I can, if I still want to. Uh, But the issue I have with plant medicines is that there's risk involved. And for psychedelics, there seems to be risk involved for people because it can be so overwhelming. People might not be ready to deal with such a dramatic and traumatic experience, which is why it is considered illegal in most parts of the world for these things, because there is significant risk. And it's interesting, when I've shared this before, people are like, you don't need to do that, Pete. You can, you can achieve the same thing with breath work, with meditation, with sound, with vibration. And I'm open to it all because the last thing I'd ever want to do is somebody to go down to the jungle and do something and they don't come back as healthy as they were. <laughs> so let's talk about, is this the same thing that happens, say, in a psychedelic experience from the scientific point of view, what happens in the brain and what are the risks involved? When I was younger, I had a more wild, adventurous lifestyle, I guess. You know, I came up listening to like Jim Morrison and the Doors and just really inspired by the, their shamanic journeys that they talked about in their books and their poetry and their music. Me too, and, brother. You know, we, could, we could talk about that for days. <laughs> I've read everything on Jim Morrison. Favorite, yeah. fa- one of my favorite artists of all time. Yeah. Well, there was a documentary called 2012. And one of the things that the shamans in that film were talking about was that in the 60s, there was this huge psychedelic consciousness expansion that went on. And they said the reason this was the shaman speaking, saying the reason that it never expanded and took hold the way it needed to was, he said, whenever Native American peoples or indigenous cultures are experimenting with plant medicine in this way, there's always a group of elders that are overlooking and overseeing people who've done this hundreds and hundreds of times to help guide them and to bring them to it. So that when these realizations come up, whether it's a bad trip or it's something that's like this eureka moment, life-changing realization, the layers of the onion are peeled and they have this awakening, they have people helping to hold space for them and to really keep them focused and to move okay, now I've had this realization, what do I do with it? You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like they take you to that next step because they've been there, they've done that. Even if you go back to Woodstock, the festival that Woodstock had, they had a tent where people who were having bad trips because, you know, acid was very prevalent there. And they had a, a tent where people would just come to for bad trips and they would say, hey, it's chemical it's plant-based, it's going to be over in a few hours, you're going to be fine. Like, I know it seems rough right now. They would walk them through it, and at the end, they would say, hey, brother, uh, you were just in here three hours ago. You remember what that was like? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, you're doing better now, right? The guy that just walked in, he's right there where you were three hours ago. You need to go help him now. Hmm. And so that kind of communal experience where you're looking after one of another, I think is gone from this time period where people are doing it more for party reasons or just to get blitzed out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that's everyone, but I'm saying I think overall, that's a lot of the mentality. And I think back then, in a lot of the traditional ways that it's used, it was used for consciousness expansion. It was used as a way to kind of get to a new level deeper than you had ever gone before, and to break through things that you might not have been able to break through. So fast forwarding to today, I think a lot of people are meeting that challenge by microdosing. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are doing the microdosing because it's less risky. They're getting a lot more targeted pinpoint focus and breakthroughs, especially with like mental disorders 
with microdosing. To answer your question, sorry, I, I just I'm I'm fascinated by all this stuff, but to kind of link it back together, this is very comparable because it's totally conscious expansion. When you start listening to sacred frequencies like solfagio, Schumann resonance, a lot of the different traditional chakra frequencies and even planetary frequencies, and then you can dive deeper and go into the actual organs of the body frequencies like Royal Raymond Rife, that's a tongue twister, that he brought forth. And when you start working with this, it's inevitable. Every single client that I've worked with, they'll say things like, I feel different. So much so that when I go outside and I hear the hum of an engine, I can tell that that's close to 528 hertz or it's close to the 174 hertz. And they'll say things like, I'm hearing more birds. Like I'm hearing the breeze and the, the leaves rustling in the breeze more clear and I'm more aware of everything in my environment. And it's because very much like sonar is to a lot of the different dolphins and the whales and things like that we're using sound and that's what I have to kind of bring people back to is like in the womb when you're getting acclimated to this perceived reality you're in the womb and your whole interaction with this reality is through sound and vibration and mm. so a lot of times when people that have never experienced sound come into a sound bath or a, I call it personal frequency coaching session when they come into that and they experience it you'll see them just smile and they'll say oh this feels so good and it's because it's they're returning to the womb again where they feel enveloped by sound and they're feeling vibrations in ways that they've never learned and then when you teach someone the deep listening skills where they go really deep it's just something that really is a breakthrough on a consciousness level that can be comparative to taking a journey you know with plant medicine or psychedelics but in a safer in a safer way. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Do people? Yeah. Do you ever have people freak out because it brings up a bad memory or a bad trip, for it, for instance? And how? I guess because they're they're they haven't taken anything. They're still in this this reality. I love how you said perceived reality. Like <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> well, you can go there if you like. Every nothing's yeah. off topic, but. Let's talk about perceived reality, but let's talk about the risks. Or is there a freak out moment that you've experienced with any of your clients? What I always tell people before we do, whether it's a private session or a group session that we're working with, I always tell people, this is just like any other energy work, whether it's massage or Reiki or chiropractic or acupuncture, you in this session are going to move energy. We're moving energy, stagnant energy, especially in the body, and things are going to come up for you. And so we'll say, like, whatever it is, don't take it on. Don't recycle it back down. If it's coming up, it needs to be released. And so it's either bringing something to your attention or it's something that is ready to be released. And so we just really coach people on drinking fluids, staying hydrated. We talk about the actual release work. You know, we go over intention setting and breath work for every session. And we also help people. And it's not uncommon for people to start laughing like in church catching the holy ghost or whatever or people will start crying they'll have these experiences where they're crying in like a joyful way like there was a woman actually there's a couple that i could bring up real quick there, while we were here in pittsburgh uh, there was a, a firefighter that came to our session and he said he grew up with a family that had buddhist monks over to their house all the time they were kind of like a hippie bohemian style family just from everything that he was telling us and he was saying that the experience that he had at our session was very much like when the monks would come over and they would have this big religious experience for like a week long at their house. I said, wow. But the thing that was so interesting was at the same 
event, there was a guy who was a business, more conservative guy that was in the back and he came up to the front and he said, I've never experienced anything like this before. This was phenomenal. And so for me, you've been talking with Dana. Dana's my partner in this. She, you know, someone that works with me really closely with this. She does a lot of the breath work and the yoga at our events. We were talking and I said, it's so phenomenal that we have this firefighter. You look at him and you would not think that he was going to be talking about Buddhist monks. And then you see this business guy who I didn't even think was going to, I couldn't tell if he liked it or not. And then he came up just raving about it at the same event, you know, and that I was just like, that's so cool. Traditionally in this style, it's like you have yoga people and some of the woo-woo holistic people, but to start getting like businessmen and firefighters in on this, it's just such a cool thing to be a part of. Mm, I love it. What I find fascinating when you were talking about being in the womb, and I don't think a lot of people understand this, but when you are as a baby in the womb, you pick up on the frequency and the vibration, whether your parents are having an argument or a fight, whether your mother is in a state of stress or fear and anxiety, depression, doesn't have self-worth, that all is a frequency or vibration that as a child, we can, we have to be very careful here. We can take on subconsciously or unconsciously, but it's very important that we do not blame our parents for taking on that energy because they're just dealing with it in the best ways they can at the same time. And it's a natural response for them. I think it was 30 years ago, I read a book, I think it was by Sony, the founder of Sony was talking about that sound penetrates into the unborn child and the frequencies like this. And it was the Japanese founder of Sony was talking about that. And it made so much sense. And I think when people realize that the things that impact us, sometimes it's our own doing, but sometimes it's just adopted or, or part of our human experience that we may not have the answers for it that we know of, the best way I can describe it is over the years, I've used a technique called neuroemotional technique or therapy over the last 30 years. And it was about breaking emotional patterns. And they use a, a muscle testing technique called kinesiology. And it's usually done by a chiropractor friend of mine that I respect. And so many times when they're, they're finding out what's going on with a situation that I've got, it's like from uh, conception to birth, one to 10 years of age, 10 to 20 years of age, and, and they muscle testify that. Do you know how many times shit has come up for me that was conception to birth in those nine months? And the fascinating thing was, he's like, what happened with three months of age in the womb? I'm like, call up mum. Hey mum, what, <laughs> what was going on for you and dad back then? She's like, oh, this happened, this happened. I was like, of course it fucking happened. It's part of me. <laughs> Get rid of that. Get it off. You know, that's your shit. I don't want that shit. And without blame, you know, it, it becomes yeah. a sort of this. I, I see it as a game. You've got to have a laugh at it sometimes because yeah. some of that shit has been programmed for three or four decades. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't need that anymore. But the fascinating thing I love about life is some of those programs that we've adopted or uh, learnt from our parents, society, culture. Actually, I'm very grateful for them because they've helped me understand who I am more and more. You have to find the, the light in the darkness sometimes. And you have to dig in there and, and, and have a little search and go, found it, found it. Well, what you're saying is so spot on because it's like when you are accepting of the yin and the yang, 
you've got these two halves. Like, for instance, I remember seeing Tony Robbins, I'm Not Your Guru, right? Mm -hmm. Where he was talking to this woman in that film where she was saying that her dad was addicted to drugs and that there was all this bad drama between them. And so he was like, well, you look like you're pretty together right now. You've got a lot going for you. You're a lion. You're a fighter. And so she started smiling and said, yes. And he said, well, what I'm pointing this out to you for is to say that happened because of the situations that you're getting so upset about. And he said, instead of being upset about it, why don't we just say thank you mm -hmm. and let it go? Because it's part of what has made you who you are today. And you like yourself who you are today. That's part of it, the bad and the good have made you where, who you are. And I think it's so funny it's, to kind of take this back to sound. There's so many times where people will say, well, I don't like that frequency. And I'll <laughs> say, but that's because you need it the most. There's so many times where I say, at the beginning of our sessions, I'll say, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I hope you guys are uncomfortable tonight. You'll see people's faces change and I'll start laughing and I'll say, it's not a bad thing. And I said, think about when you go to the gym, you go to the gym and you want that beach body and you work out, you think you're smiling the whole time because you're not, you know what I mean? Like if you're really doing work and making your body look good and you're feeling good and you're getting healthy, it's work. There's work where you're breaking down the body and rebuilding a new one. And so I said, basically that's what we're doing tonight with sound and your mind, neuropathways and consciousness. We're going to expand. Some of it's going to be uncomfortable but there's going to be a lot where we want you to feel good and to be in a state where you can relax and release. The first part might be a little uncomfortable, but after that, let's relax and release. And so it's just walking people through that in this new awakening, the woo-woo society, you know, that's taking over the planet, right? Everyone wants you to be happy all the time and they want everything to be happy-go-lucky and that's not life. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry and upset and it's okay to release things that you no longer need. Those traumatic experiences, those triggers from your past. A lot of us revisit the past as if it's now, but I have to remind people all the time and myself, hey, that thing that you're holding on to, you're not the same person that was experiencing that. You've grown a lot and you're at a new point where that's just a reminder. And now if you're ready, let's move to the next step and let that go. Something is just helping people remember. And I think that's what the sound does is it's a tool to help people remember and to relax and let go. I really hope you enjoyed the first half of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit evolvenetwork.tv. That's evolvenetwork.tv. I'll see you there. The information views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views opinions or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.